Hey friends, welcome to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajovsky here, your host. Happy Monday. The date is January 22nd. Tomorrow, the New Hampshire primary is on. And so, of course, all eyes are on New Hampshire, particularly with the news that Ron DeSantis dropped out over the weekend, uh, endorsed Trump. I don't know if he did it as powerfully or as enthusiastically as Vivek Ramaswamy did, but he did. He endorsed Trump, and now uh, Nikki Haley, of course, touting this as a two-man race, or a two-person race, I should say. Uh, Yeah, we'll see what happens tomorrow. It's really irrelevant. Trump's going to carry this. It's, It's obvious. New Hampshire is... Folks, New Hampshire, I mentioned this before, it's a wide open contest in the sense that unaffiliated voters, uh, independents can vote in the Republican primary and without a competing Democratic you know, primary the same day, uh, the Democratic candidate, of course, being the incumbent president, so not a lot of action there, folks are likely, both Democrats and independents, to uh, pop up and vote in the Republican race and 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 put their votes, I doubt, behind Trump. That's not going to happen. They're going to give the votes to Nikki Haley. So it'll be interesting to see with that working for her just how badly she loses to Trump. If it comes within a hair, you know, she'll, of course, uh, call that a huge victory. I doubt that Haley carries the day in South Carolina, however. And it's likely that's where her uh, her hopes at being a viable contender in the Republican primary, uh, that's where her hopes will go to die. So we'll see what occurs tomorrow. I'm not particularly, uh, not particularly, I don't really care what happens tomorrow. I feel as though even if she comes with, look, I don't think she's going to win it. But if she comes within a few points of Trump and, and has this incredible showing, will that, you know, give her the, the, the wind to get across, you know, for, for one more contest and hang, for, hang in there? I, yeah, probably. Because she's got a lot of money behind her, and these people are looking to spoil it for Trump, and they're, they're, they're using her as a vehicle for that. And some of the same people that were funneling money to to DeSantis with him dropping out are now going to give the money to, to, to Haley. So kind of how it works out. So DeSantis posted a video of, you know, announcing that he was, he was leaving the race. And it was, you know, it was, it was, it was nicely done. Now, some people said that they felt that he was being the most human in that video that he'd been for some time. And, um, and, and so, you know, there was some, you know, back and forth on that. But here's, here's, basically, uh, here's basically how it sounded as, as DeSantis was announcing his uh, departure from the race. And we launched this campaign to bring accountability to government, regain sovereignty at our border, and restore sanity to our society. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. And there it was. 
Now, here comes the Trump endorsement. This is what it sounded like, and I don't know what you make of this, what your, you know, what your sense is reading between the lines, but this is how it sounded. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci, Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackage formed of warmed over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. The days of putting Americans last, of kowtowing to large corporations, of caving to woke ideology are over. Okay, I still think, listen, folks, I still think that DeSantis lacks some sort of just basic human emotion and, and, and emphasis on his words. He's reading this from a teleprompter, staring into a screen. Yes, it is extraordinarily difficult to bow out of a race that you've given your all. It is particularly challenging when you've disappointed a lot of people, myself included. Right, I am... Well, I'm I, of course. I thought this race was uh, this was all going to be a lot better for DeSantis. Remember, by the way, what I said at the beginning of all this. I did not subscribe to the idea that we should simply anoint Trump, and I stand by that. I told you from the get go that let it let's have an open primary. Let's let's have a fight, and may the best person win. Trump is, you know, let us be, let us as Republicans be the party of choice for our voters. If people want Trump, then by all means, let's have Trump. People want to say, want something else, let them speak. We, after all, are the party that actually truly believes in democracy. And we did it. We're doing it. And uh, folks are looking at the, you know, at the scoreboard and DeSantis is no no dope. I mean, he's surrounded by people who certainly are not going to throw good money after bad. They see that it's not working. So he, there it is. And DeSantis, by the way, I have to point this out. Many of his donors, mark my words, would prefer Nikki Haley to Donald Trump. The fact that the DeSantis here in his last act albeit maybe less than enthusiastically supported Donald Trump, is a credit to him because he is right. Nikki Haley is a vote for the Republican Party of yesteryear, the Republican Party that we loathe, the Republican Party that has sold us conservatives out at every turn. We are sick of these people. Done. No thanks. So there it is. By the way, Trump got asked after... DeSantis bowed out of the race, suspended his campaign. Trump um, said he was going to be retiring the desanctimonious moniker. Here he is responding to questions about this. You just said, will I be using the name Ron DeSanctimonious? I said, that name is officially retired. (laughs) Well, (laughs) there it was. I mean, yes, officially retired the name, and then uh, and he starts his rally uh, in New Hampshire Sunday, last night, 
saying he was officially looking forward to campaigning and working with DeSantis. Here's how that went. Before we begin, I'd like to take time to congratulate Ron DeSantis and, of course, a really terrific person who had gotten to know his wife, Casey, for having run a great campaign for president. He did. He ran a a really good campaign, I will tell you. It's not easy. They think it's easy doing this stuff, right? It's not easy. But as you know, he left the campaign trail today at 3 p.m., and in so doing, he was very gracious, and he endorsed me, so I appreciate it. I appreciate that, and I also look forward to working with Ron and everybody else to defeat crooked Joe Biden. We will have to get him out. We have to get him out. This is really good stuff. Uh, what, what's my Mo? Well, my reaction to this, of course, is um, one: he is right. It, it, he makes it look easy, and people thought they could get in and and, um, and 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 magically take away the 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 Trump magic and 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 run with it. It's very challenging. Even the people that like Vivek, who were who were absolutely genuine and worked their rear ends off, it proved elusive. But there's another component to this. Why, again, I'm so happy that all of these people that we had, we had a deep bench of quality candidates running. I mean, the Democratic Party would, would, would literally, they would, they would give anything to have the kind of talent that we Republicans had in this primary. And certainly, if you look at, at, at Ron DeSantis and you look at Vivek Ramaswamy, maybe one or two others and you see the, the, you know these people that were running essentially all against Trump there were there were there was quality there and the fact that Trump is defeating them and bringing them to um I don't want to say to heal but he's 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 making them realize that they can't win but having to go through the exercise of, of of fighting that out, I think is very powerful. I think it's tremendously legitimizing for Trump. I think that if you have been a Trump supporter from go and have argued that someone like DeSantis should not have entered the race, that it was disloyal, for example, I think DeSantis has done an enormous service to Trump by entering the race and demonstrating himself to be an inferior candidate. And I say this as somebody who had much higher hopes for DeSantis than, than proved to be uh, the, the, the reality. And that is he has demonstrated to, to, to all of us now that, that Trump has what it takes and that he's a formidable political force. And we're also not sitting around going, well, you know, it's, uh, Trump's only got this nomination because he ran unopposed and Republicans are afraid of him. That would be a problem for Trump. The reason that the mainstream media and the Democrats are all freaking out and crapping bricks is because they now see that Trump is going through like a bulldozer, uh, entering a, a crowded field of, of I, not well, not also rands in terms of talent, but certainly in terms of numbers, and absolutely making mincemeat out of them. This is good. This is healthy and, and, and by dem demonstrative of, of political force, which we of course want going into the into the into the general election. 
So yeah, I don't anticipate this lasting long. Uh, at some point, Nikki Haley will run out of cash to burn. And the spoilers, although they want to get under Trump's skin and they want to slow him down, uh, will not necessarily want to just expend millions and millions of dollars to do so and have it be a futile effort. So that's why I think uh, Haley's days are numbered. And but you saw the insipid thing she said. She went up there and she said, oh, you know, I, I faced discrimination as a brown child. You saw this? She said when she was growing up, she looked different. She was darker or browner than, than her classmates, and, and you know people made fun of her for this. And this is another example. Nikki Haley is – how is she any different in that sense from Kamala Harris? How is she any different from all of these woke DEI affirmative action Democrats? She's playing the same – race card, the same gender card that they play. It's disgusting and we don't like it and yuck. So now it's down to Trump and Nikki Haley and I'm sorry if you think Nikki Haley's the answer here. I gotta have your head examined. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840, KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, 702-820-1234 because you deserve what's right. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. So our Nevada district judge here in Las Vegas, Mary Kay Holtis, was attacked by a crazed felon a few weeks back has gotten the Saturday Night Live treatment. You see this? Sam Arjofsky here, News Talk 840, KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, your place for common sense conservatism, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Yes, she did. <laughs> they, did a, they did a three minute sketch on it. And, um, so that just gives you the idea of what a big story this has become. The attacker, a man named Diobra Redden, uh, has now been charged with attempted murder and other assorted felonies. And I've been humored somewhat by some of my more liberal friends here in town making all sorts of excuses for him. But here's what peeves me. Can I say this? This story in the Review Journal, the RJ... This is Christopher Lawrence. Okay, I, it's a good guy, but listen. It's been a rough couple of weeks for, this is the first sentence. It's been a rough couple of weeks for District Judge Mary Kay Holtis and Diobra Redden, who was, and goes through the story. Rough couple of weeks. Rough couple of weeks for Diobra Redden, the felon that almost killed a judge, attacked her, went flying like a, I don't know, some sort of a, a crazed banshee. I'm, <laughs> I am sure this is just poorly written, but I think it's tacky. I don't ever think it's a rough week for a criminal unless they've been electrocuted, right? I mean, that's a rough week. If it was the firing squad, that's a rough week for Joe Felon. Firing squad, seven guys, Four of them missed. Yeah, that, that would be a rough week. 
But I don't think anybody's having a rough week if they violently attack a judge in our community. That's just me, okay? I'm just saying. All right. That's the story. Just wanted to fill you in on this because it's, you know, this is a local thing and it's a big deal and we are certainly getting a lot of national attention for it. And I hope this guy goes to prison essentially forever. I mean, I'd be absolutely okay with it. And, and by the way, let me push back to all of you out there who are saying that I'm being a colossal jerk by wishing this guy uh, goes to jail for a long time. If someone like this Diobra Redden is okay with attacking a judge in a courthouse surrounded by Metro you know, deputies, then I'm sorry. This person out there, you know, among us, passing us by in a shopping center, I'm, you know, you're, you know, we're with our kids or our wives, whatever the situation is. It's not going to hesitate to do us harm. He doesn't hesitate to attack a judge in open court. I, I, what will he do to us in a dark alley somewhere or in a parking lot? If we look at him the wrong way, if he gets angry, if he is unable to resist his urges to do violence. So that's, that's, that's what I'm getting at. I don't think this person's redeemable. That's, that's it. Case closed. Okay. Who else is not redeemable? I, <laughs> is that my segue? <laughs> is that my segue to talk about Nikki Haley? Nikki Haley, I never want Nikki Haley to become president, period, end of story. I just want to be very clear about my biases here. Nikki Haley should never become president. And it's, again, I think Trump elevated her to the position that she had in the UN simply because Trump likes people who look good. And Nikki Haley, admittedly, you know, not my type. Uh, well, <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't even think she looks brown. That's the thing. When, when people say, when, peop, when she is saying that she was discriminated against for being you know, for, for being, you know, a, a darker shade. Um, I, I don't know. I grew up in a, I grew up in, in Southern California. You, I mean, we, we had, uh, we were, I, I mean, as a white kid, I was a minority in my school. Okay. So I, I look at her, I don't see anything. I just see a person. I, I don't know. She doesn't even stand out as a particularly, you know, obvious minority. So she's making something of it. No, I just, she's not my type. Okay. But she is a good-looking woman, and that is what Trump likes about her. She just—I'm telling you—Trump likes good-looking women, women, and he promotes them into positions, which is why I suspect he's going to pick a good-looking woman to be his running mate, and why he earlier, you know, some weeks ago, floated Nikki Haley, and everybody around him, appropriately enough, got the vapors. So, yeah. So anyway, so Haley said this yesterday about uh, DeSantis dropping out because, you know, so, so it, was, it was interesting because the question was, Dana, Dana Bash asked if DeSantis had given her a heads up. I'm going to have to get into this after the break. It, this was an interesting ex exchange because Dana Bash on CNN asked her if, she, if, she'd given a, if, if DeSantis had talked to her. And, um, and Haley gives an interesting answer. Because you'd think that if it's whittling down to, you know, to, to the last two candidates standing and one of them's the runaway favorite, I mean Trump, of course, you would think that, uh, that, that Bash would, uh, excuse me, that, that, that maybe Haley would have had some communication with DeSantis. 
Well, the answer is telling. Okay, we'll get into that when we come back here. I know I'm up against the break. Time is time is a killer here, folks. Got to lay it all out. Okay, don't go anywhere. The What's Right Show will be back in a moment. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. This hour of the program brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law because you deserve what's right. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com. Hi, welcome back. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. Uh, Look, uh, folks, so Nikki Haley... Uh, on news of DeSantis dropping out on Sunday, gets interviewed by Dana Bash. Dana Bash is a reporter with CNN. And the the question that Dana asks uh, Nikki Haley is whether or not DeSantis gave her a heads up if he was dropping out. This was the answer. No, he didn't call or inform me. And look, this is what the fellows do. The difference is I don't take politics personally. I never have. And I think that's the problem with where we are now is you now have people who want to decide who's a good Republican, who's a bad Republican, who's a good person, who's a bad person. That's why our country is so divided. I don't judge people. I focus on policy that's going to make America stronger. I don't take politics personally. I'm not thin-skinned like Donald Trump. I think that people don't want that. They want a leader who's going to bring out the best in people and get our country going forward. 70% of Americans don't want to see a Trump-Biden rematch. I'm going to finish this so Joe Biden and Donald Trump are not an issue at all. We're going to be stronger in New Hampshire than we were in Iowa. We're going to be even stronger in South Carolina than we were in New Hampshire. And we're going to keep on going until we're the last woman standing. Yeah, this this is so gross. First of all, she sounds like she's hyperventilating. She does. And then, and then, and then. And by the way, uh, DeSantis kind of talks this way too, so it's not a, it's just a, it's, it's, it's somebody who is weak and on their, on, on their back heel, kind of, you know, reacting. But let's talk about this. This is what the fellas do. Can she get over the fact that she's a woman for 10 seconds? She brings it up every time. She, it, she cannot stop it. I'm going to be the last woman standing. This is what the fellas do. Stop already. This is the bull crap that Hillary Clinton was pulling all the time and that we all found so repulsive. Dittos to Kamala Harris. It's just we're done with it. We're not interested in it. So, look, um... That's it. Now, uh, by the way, uh, thin-skinned. I, you know, she is thin-skinned. She's letting stuff get to her, and she's, you know, so, so she's, she, she's, a, she's a. DeSantis didn't give her a call that he was dropping. He didn't let her know he was dropping. I don't think DeSantis told Trump he was dropping out. You know what? In politics, do you know when you give somebody a call? Is when you're, a, a, it's a, a, a head-to-head contest, right? And you call to concede. That's that's the place where you typically, you know, I always want to, you know, contextualize these things and put them into, you understand. Like, you know, it, Tim Scott didn't call every single person that was left in the Republican primary race to tell them, them first that he was dropping out and then make his announcement. People leak this kind of information and take away their thunder. 
So if somebody's dropping out, like Vivek's dropping out or DeSantis is dropping out, and it's a big deal, the, the candidates want to reserve the right to, to declare that themselves directly to the public. And from my understanding, they typically do that. So th- this just – it just bothers me when Republicans go to CNN to use the same kind of jargon and the same kind of uh, – yes, identity politicking that is so common on the left. Now, Nikki Haley then goes on to say that Trump and Biden are equally bad. Dana Bash is pointing out that Haley's now lumping Trump and Biden together in her rhetoric – and, uh, and Nikki Haley has this to respond. And I just want to – I have it. I have it. I have a, a finer point to put on this, so pay close attention. I mean, if they were – if either one of them was good, I wouldn't be running. Yes, they are equally bad. That's why I'm running. It's because I don't think we need to have Biden or Trump. I don't think we need to have two 80-year-olds sitting in the White House when we've basically got to make sure that we can handle the war situation that that we're in. We need to know they're at the top of their game. We need to know that they can take care of our national security and our economy. Right now, I don't know that people feel like that with either one. So that's why we're giving them a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a, I have a, I have a point to make on this. I want you to pay close attention to every single news story that comes out right now. Well, between now and and November, that'll come out about Trump and his diminished capacity. Anytime that Trump mixes up, you know, Nikki Haley with Nancy Pelosi, for example, I guess he did that over the weekend, got a lot of press attention. Trump, you know, says the wrong name or, you know, or whatever, okay? Which, by the way, folks, you know, and I have a, I'm a lawyer. I'm 43 years old. I, uh, you know, am on the radio a couple hours a day. Sometimes my brain freezes, okay? I mean, it's the rare person whose brain doesn't just stop occasionally and, and misspeak, Vivek Ramaswamy is one of these guys that rarely has one of those moments. He's just, but his brain is on a completely different level than mine. I'll admit that. But, you know, you and I both have had at times we're talking, we can't remember a name or we, we mix two people up. Not because we're, not because we have dementia, but because our brain just skips a beat. This is normal. Now, I would... I, I don't see in Trump. I mean, Trump is, you kidding me? You want to make, they will want to make Trump and Biden the same because of their age. They're going to talk less about dementia, more about age. They're going to talk, when they do talk about diminished capacity, they're going to say that Trump and Biden are equal. And they're doing it right now with push polling. Because if you look at the point, do, do you believe, do you believe that Trump is as bad as Biden? I'm, I'm paraphrasing the, the prompt, but that's essentially it. And people are responding, yes, 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 yes. And then they take that polling, particularly Democratic operatives working for Biden, and are saying, look, this is great. If Trump runs against Biden, then we can we, we don't have to worry about the age thing. But Biden is objectively far worse off today than he was in, in 20, 19 and 20 when he was running for his first term. I mean, I saw some video of him over the weekend, and it's, it's, I will tell you, I think he's worse off now than he was a year ago. I'm legitimately terrified that Biden doesn't make it 
to January, okay? Now forget the election. It doesn't make it to January that we end up with Kamala Harris. Because if you talk to if you talk to Democratic operatives, people in the know, they will confidently today tell you that they think that that the that the dementia thing on Biden is absolutely not a problem. They that's I, I can't tell you how many of my uh, Democratic politically connected friends have told me this, and I said, well. Level with me here, okay? Off the record, I'm not going to name you on my program. I just want to know. You know he's not okay. They said, well, yeah, but Trump isn't okay either. I said, do you really, really believe that? And some actually do and some don't, which is the ones that actually believe that I think are are, are running on delusion. But when, when Nikki Haley says Trump and Biden are equally bad, um. You know, I, I think, and then she talks about two 80-year-olds sitting in the White House. What is she doing? She's using that same Democratic oppo research, polling, to, 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 to run in the Republican primary, which I guess is fair. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a death match, right? You can only have one winner. But it just gives you an idea of where she's headed in all of this. And this is why you'll have so many people in the media tell you, oh, if only Nikki Haley were to get the no- nomination, we know head-to-head with Trump, head-to-head, excuse me, head-to-head against Biden, Nikki Haley would, would, would beat him by five to seven points. You hear this all the time. You read it in, in, in CNN and MSNBC news stories. And they're all saying they're delighting that Trump is winning and it's not, not Nikki Haley. So then pray tell me, why is it that Democratic Donors are raising money in the tens of millions of dollars for Nikki Haley. You're telling me that these Democratic donors suddenly have had a change of heart and want to see a Republican in the White House? Because I'm convinced, look, I convinced that for, for me, um, Nikki Haley is almost a Manchurian type candidate, you know. On, it's, it's a win win for them. She gets in, they know she's not going to be a real Republican. She's going to be a Democrat. But more likely than not, she's somebody that they recognize that they can very easily destroy and campaign against because she's going to be predictable. Trump is a lot of things. Predictable ain't one of them. So just pay close attention, folks, to any of these news stories coming out about Trump and his forgetfulness and Trump isn't the same anymore and Trump this and Trump that. Man, uh, I hope that when I am Trump's age, I have half of his mental capacity. It's enviable. And his stamina, right? The guy, the, the guy it's un, unreal what energy he has. So frankly, I'm, you know, I, there's no comparison. And you look at Biden, and it, it's, it's, a, it's a corpse. It's a, literally a walking corpse, weakened at Bernie's, propped up there, skin and bones, shuffling like he's about to keel over. And it terrifies me. It terrifies me. If I had a choice, if I had the little health dial in front of me and I had some power over you know, Biden having a bit more spunk, I would definitely I would turn it up. It's absolutely terrifying for me to imagine this country led by Kamala Harris. I cannot begin to tell you how much that scares me. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. 
So the New Hampshire primary is happening tomorrow, but friends, many of you are asking me here in Nevada, what's up with our caucuses, our primaries? Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk 840. You're listening to the What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. All right, here is the scoop. Are you ready for this? We have, we have two elections, two primaries essentially here in Nevada. And for the presidential race, the election that is happening on the 6th where you have a ballot, and I meant to bring my ballot from the car. I have my ballot in the car. I finally got my, my mail-in ballot. So I've, I've got that in the car, and I was, was going to bring it up here. But m- many of you have texted me, have, have called me, have emailed me, and, and reached out on social media to show me your ballot that doesn't have Donald Trump on the ballot. And you're going, what kind of shenanigans is this, Sam? And I, yes, okay, the, the, Trump's on it because the February 6th election doesn't matter. Now, by the way, Lombardo has endorsed Trump, is my understanding, and has, uh, has told people to return their ballots with the presidential uh, selection being none of the above. So if you intend to support Donald J. Trump, uh, that's probably a, a, an idea for what to do. However, the only, the only election that matters that will actually give Nevada's GOP delegates to Trump or any other candidate is the caucus. And the caucus occur, it will occur on the 8th. Now, here's what you need to do. To figure out where your caucus site is, go to nevadagop.org. That's the website. Nevada, G-O-P, all one word, dot O-R-G. Now, when you go to that site, and I'm on it, I'm on it right now. Let's see here. I want to make sure I don't lead you astray. Yeah, go to, go to that. And then the first thing that pops up is first in the West Presidential Caucus is learn more. So you click on that, and it takes you to the landing page for the 2024 Presidential Caucus. Thursday, February 8th, that's it. Now, uh, you can go through here, you can make sure you've gotta be registered Republican and you need to bring voter ID. Republican Party is demanding you prove your, your voter ID. Now, here's the, here's the problem with this, right? Not many people have time to be somewhere for three, four hours. I, I, you can go and you can find an agenda, like a, a timetable. You can also find where you're supposed to go. So I went on here, by the way, and I scrolled down to the page and I said, draft agenda. Okay, uh, he, uh, I say first in the West. Okay, so there's a click here. If you're unsure about what precinct you lived in, you can't find a photo but click here. Okay, so you, there's a place you can, you can go to figure out what your precinct is. And I was able to track down, based on my address, where my caucus site is. And you have to go to that caucus site, is my understanding. And then I found a draft agenda. So this isn't exact, but you have to show up around 5. Voter registration opens. They verify your, your, your uh, voter eligibility. And then from 5.30 to 6, the precinct meeting is called to order. And there, it's going to be a big deal. They're going to do the Pledge of Allegiance. They're going to do welcome letters from the party chairs, all this stuff. 
And about 7.30, they're going to start counting uh, presidential preference polls, ballots. So you're going to get a ballot. You're going to be able to cast it. It's by secret written ballot, okay? So you don't have to go and like go over to this table or that table. You don't have to you know, publicly declare your preference for whatever you know, candidate. But it's going to take, I don't know, folks, I don't want to lead you uh, astray here, but it may, it may take uh, three hours. You, if you show up at 5.30, you're probably not getting out of there before 7.30. So two hours, you know, at the, at the low end. So I just, I just wanted you all to understand this. I know my friend Ed and others have reached out asking me what, you know, what I need, you know, that I needed to tell you about this because you guys are all so confused. I was confused about it too, frankly. So I went on the website, rolled my sleeves up because, because of course, I'm going to go and I'm, I'm going to cast my ballot. Very important. And I'll, I'll certainly, if um, I'll tell you all about it the next day. I mean, I'll share with you what I, what I, what I find out. But it's going to be. I think it's, it's going to be an absolutely. Uh, it's going to be a wild. It's going to be a wild, uh, wild event. And. And, and I suppose at this point, Trump will be the last candidate standing. So very unlikely that he not win this, which in turn, I think will, will, will drive down already attendance for this. So we'll, we'll see where, where it is. But again, I mean, it's, uh, what is that? Two weeks, uh, two and a half weeks away. So it's coming up. It's not that far off. So again, NevadaGOP.org, click for information on the caucus, the 2024 caucus. Follow the instructions, and please, please, if you intend to participate, make sure you are registered Republican because you uh, you need that, and you need to bring an ID. So there's there's a scoop. Tomorrow, New Hampshire, uh, big day. Uh, polls right now, two new polls out this morning, both point in the same direction. A big, big win for Trump. Trump's lead over Haley has slowly but steadily increased over the past week. I think the more people find out about Haley, the less impressed they are with her and her complaints about being teased for being a person of color as a kid growing up in the U.S. is really not tickling the fancy of Republican voters. Of course, the X factor here is, I have to point this out, is the extent to which Democrat voters and independent voters who lean Democrat, who are really Democrats but not you know, affiliated with the Democratic Party, will will enter the race, participate in the race, and uh, and give their vote to Haley, right? That's that's the question. Monmouth, by the way, the Monmouth University Washington Post poll also had similar results. Trump is leading Haley by eighteen points, so fifty two to thirty four percent. Had DeSantis at eight percent in New Hampshire. You can kind of get an idea for why he bailed on the race. And I, here's a, here's a fun question, and it's, I don't know if I necessarily have the answer, although I have a, I have a sense of it. Where does DeSantis support go to? DeSantis absolutely had some never Trump support, but he also had a lot of folks, and I sympathize with them deeply, who love, love Trump, but was, were ready for something fresh. And then, you know, and then, and, and then, by the way, and then, uh, I you know, it's, it's got people who, you know, who I, I don't think will ever vote for Nikki Haley. So I think that the Nikki Haley voters are already with Nikki Haley. 
right? They've, they've already landed where they've landed. And, and that's, that's, that's that. So I, you know, I think, I think only Nikki Haley can, can, can really take voters away from herself. And, and then, so I, I think that positive goes to Trump. I mean, or the people stay out of the race, maybe sit it out, sort of shrug their shoulders and say, well, it's probably going to be Trump. I'm not going to vote. So it's, 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 it's interesting. Now, I want to get into some of this Georgia election fraud stories that have been developing over the past several days. Some fascinating stuff. I don't have all the full scoop on everything yet, but I want to share with you some of these developments uh, because I think we know a lot more now than we did back in January of 21. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Greetings, friends, and welcome to the What's Right Show. Sam Murjofsky here, your host. Nevada's favorite recovering ex-Californian is who I am. Great to have you with us. By the way, my email, sam at samandashlaw.com, sam at samandashlaw.com. And I know many of you have been reaching out to me, asking me about the Republican caucus here uh, taking place in Nevada on February 8th. That is different from the election, right? The election, the, the primary, Trump is not even on the ballot in the primary here because that election has zero consequence effect on who gets the Republican delegates, the GOP delegates in Nevada. So that's going to be solely handled on the 8th on Thursday, a couple weeks from now. Uh, and and again, uh, you can go to and I just was going through this here a, a minute ago. The website to look at NevadaGOP.org. Go and click on the 2024 presidential caucus. Go through it. Get all the information there. It's roughly five to seven thirty, uh, or just you know they also tell you. By the way, I, I stand corrected on this. You can just cast your secret paper ballot and go. So you can stay for the whole meeting, or you can just quickly cast your your ballot. So it can be relatively quick. I, I just know it's probably going to – you got to budget a little bit of time is what I'm recommending. All right. By the way, did you see this story out of Oakland? This is wild. Oakland is – this does not happen I, – I can't even think of – I would say never is probably the right word. Oakland is closing – CBS says it's the first store they've ever closed. Uh, But they're closing a store in Oakland because out-of-control crime. Here's the statement from In-N-Out. We have decided uh, to close. Let's see here. Oh, I had it here a second ago. It was just in front of me. Yeah, it said it would close the only Oakland restaurant in March over crime and safety concerns for its customers and employees. That's the statement. Uh, let's see here. Where is the actual? Ah, here we go. We have made the decision to close our in and out Burger location in Oakland, California due to ongoing issues with crime. Despite taking repeated steps to create safer conditions, our customers and associates are regularly victimized by car break-ins, property damage, theft, and armed robberies. 
Our last day of business in Oakland will be Sunday, March 24th. Well, this is what you get. You can't have nice things if you will go full woke. If you let criminals run, run amok, you know, they've got this lunatic mayor there in Oakland, California, who says, you know, that, that, um, that we need to defund the police. It's so bad that last year the NAACP in Oakland wrote an open letter begging for more cops. So you know it's bad, and this is an actual, you know, kind of very tangible result. And you have to understand, you know, in and out is, I mean, is, they say put Christian prayer, you know, messages and verses on, on their cups and things like that. They are a more conservative organization. in and out is about all about making money. And there's a certain amount of, of money that every store needs to make, and they all make it. And they've had stores, and I can tell you this, they've had stores, uh, you know, where they've opened, for example, in Texas, and they have not been nearly as prosperous as, as In-N-Out has hoped. But In-N-Out comes in, and I think almost in all cases, few exceptions, they buy the land underneath the store, so they own the location. And then they're, you know, they, they make so much money that they can afford to carry a store for years before it gets traction. So for in and out to close a location, it has to be an app. It's a disaster, is my point. And it's sad. These are the consequences of letting the, the restorative justice, you know, uh, people, the social justice people, it's sort of the same thing, but those folks running your city, running your district attorney's office, telling the police what they can and can't do, and here you have it. And it's all an enforcement problem. Let me be clear. It's not like California ever changed its laws, right? They didn't decriminalize theft. They lowered the punishment and took away enforcement to the extent that they functionally legalized these things because there's no fear by the wrongdoers to stop doing what they're doing. And we risk, folks, we risk having this in Nevada if we ever let these lunatic Californians come here and take over. And I say this as someone who moved here from California. And by the way, side note, I love all of you for reaching out to me and telling me that you too are, are recovering Californians. And I, th I think we're, many of us here, uh, you know, move from California. I'm, I'm certainly not the only one. And, and I love hearing from those of you who've done the same. And you're, you're so happy here, right? Because it's, it's like orders of magnitude, more common sense. So thank you for that support and just letting you know the story. It's a big story. It's a big deal. And it is a manifestation of everything that we talk about here. We knew that this was going to happen. It's only a matter of time. And it's not just the Raiders that left Oakland. It's not just the A's that want to leave Oakland. Uh, you know, it's not just the mom and pop businesses. I mean, it's a, even a company like In-N-Out that can... That And I'll say this last thing about In-N-Out. They literally can go into the ghetto of ghettos and make unbelievable amounts of money. In fact, it's the lower income area stores typically that outperform the upper income area stores. Do you know why, by the way? Do you know what the story is? You're going to learn something you didn't know. I, the reason for that primarily is that lower-income areas buy more fries and drinks, etc. 
and where the rich people live, they're just, I'm just, I'm just saying, in the suburbs, in the fancy part of town, people are a little more concerned about their girth, let's say, their, their, their health. So they come in and they buy a burger. And not even protein side, but they just buy a burger, okay, and maybe a drink, but, but probably just a burger. But, but in, in, in areas a little more uh, modest, and they, they, I, they have this data. This is a fact, okay? In areas that are more modest, they, there's more. The burger per hour numbers might be the same, but they, they actually sell more of the other stuff. And so revenue tends to be significantly higher because when you multiply that over thousands and thousands of tickets, like, you know, it, it adds up. Okay, that's the story. Okay, all right. Now, I wanted to, I mentioned that there's been some developments in Georgia, you know, there's a big case that's working its way through the courts there. Remember, Biden won Georgia by about 12,000 votes in 2020. And it was one of those states where we all went to bed and Trump had won Georgia. And then in the middle of the night, while we were sleeping, suddenly things begin to turn. Now, the case Listen, this, th- th- there's a case that was filed well before the 2020 election. It goes back all the way to 2017. And there are several voters that filed this case. Uh, they're called the Coalition for Good Governance against members of the state board, election board, and, and, and Brad Raffensperger. You know, he's the secretary of state. And every state has a secretary of state. Typically, that person oversees the elections, right? It's a very powerful position. The plaintiffs are asking the state to revert to paper ballots. Now, they've got, this is in federal court. They've got a a district judge, Amy Totenberg, who has been slow playing this case to the max. She has this thing crawling on its belly. It's not even on all fours, okay? Slowing it down. Uh, This, I think this is the case where one of the plaintiffs, they had to go through a whole process just to figure out if he had standing, but here's where it gets interesting, and I'm, it's why it's popping up in my sort of in my on my awareness radar now, is because in this case, and now it's getting reported not just by like MAGA people. Okay, it's Rasmussen reports is picking up the story. Okay, you know the people behind Rasmussen polling. So it, in this case, they had a guy. It, it, they basically, they basically go in and demonstrate that they are able to get into the Dominion voting machine and reboot it by you know, pushing a button for five to 10 seconds, instigate the reboot. And then if they, you can put it into safe mode and, 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 and you can open up files and change the content of files. And this was all demonstrated in this case. Like, like a live demonstration, okay? There's a University of Michigan computer scientist, Alex Halderman. Now, I know about Halderman. Halderman is one of the people that testified uh, in the, well, yes, yeah, in the, in the case out in California. A state bar going after John Eastman, who was one of Trump's lawyers. Well, this is, this is interesting because, so he, he examined one of the machines from Georgia, and he wrote a big, lengthy report detailing all the vulnerabilities. So then the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, 
in June released an advisory based on Hellerman's findings and actually urged, the feds came in and urged states, jurisdictions, counties, whatnot, that use the machines to quickly mitigate the vulnerabilities. That story was in the Associated Press. So during a hearing last May, a lawyer for the state tells the judge, you know, physical security elements recommended by CISA were largely in place. But the Secretary of State's office has said a software update from Dominion is too cumbersome to install before the 2024 elections. The state of Georgia continues to argue that the plaintiff's concerns are overblown. And yet the guy was able to, the expert literally shows in, a, in the trial, you know, according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Rasmussen reports, shows how they can change, uh, you know, all you need is like a 10 $10 voter card or a, or a $100 USB device, you can go in and you can start reprogramming and changing votes. This is scandalous. Why wouldn't they want to sort this all out? Why are they dragging their heels? What are they hiding? So obviously, one... This is hugely important with a major election coming up in 24. I think the reason the Democrats are so smug about the corpse that they're running for re-election is that they know they can monkey with the votes. The other part of this is, of course, you know, all of the defendants here who've had their lives ruined sued. And, and in the case of John Eastman, who I know well, having his law license under attack in California, literally the state bar wanting to go in and strip him of it, all on the basis of what? of him making arguments that are now are being proven to be demonstrably true or at least at the at the at the minimum right as they're being reported on by the associated press and and Rasmussen that, that they that they have some color of truth to them i can see why they're slow playing this they want to ruin and destroy everyone that came to the aid of president trump so no one no one dare stand up for him if this happens again. That's what this is about. Quick break. Sam Arjofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, because you deserve what's right. Sam Arjofsky here, talking about the bombshell reports coming out of Georgia. I want to talk about election interference. Well, not a lot of confidence in those Dominion voting machines, the same ones that won their libel suit against oh Giuliani and others. This is, <laughs> and Fox, and Fox News, right? Fox, by the way, Fox folded on that lawsuit, I'm convinced, out of... Um, uh, but they, gladly in order to use it as pretext to get rid of Tucker Carlson. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840, KXNT. My, uh, my, uh, my email is sam at samanashlaw.com. Always can reach me on that, and I do check it periodically throughout the show, and we'll respond to you if you've got something, a uh, question or whatnot that is relevant to what's going on. Now, Gateway Pundit interviewed... Um, uh, they did, yeah. They they had reporter Amber Connors come out to the courtroom, 
and they were following uh, Alex Halderman, who is the uh, expert in these voting machines. He's a cybersecurity expert, and, he, and, and he's written and studied these machines. And so in open court, Halderman asks the main counsel, he goes, man, borrow your pen. He goes, okay, all right, so gets a pen, and he, he walks, he demonstrates this in open court, goes over to the power button. He leans down. He holds down the power button between like five, uh, ten seconds, and it automatically puts the machine in safe mode. And then this reboot happens. He shows the judge the display. He shows a picture of the on-off button. It's pushing it for five, ten seconds. And then before you reboot the thing, there's something that comes up and asks if you want to go into safe mode. And so then he pushes yes. It doesn't shut down or reboot, it just goes into safe mode. And then you can open up the individual files and change the content of the files. Are you alarmed by this? Yes or no? See, now we're starting to get real evidence. Before it was allegations. This is real evidence in court on the record. Now you've got my interest. And shame on this judge for slow playing this case and dragging it all the way out into 2024. Mind you, this particular case was brought after the 2016 election. It was brought in 2617 by people that were concerned about election integrity in Georgia. But that isn't it. It gets worse. Halderman demonstrates how to fix the results and rig the count during an election. So you can actually install something that you've already pre-programmed. You can program it to point to whatever to do. So you can, you basically... You can tell the machine to vote for a candidate, any candidate, right, Joe Blow, and it can be recorded but displayed as somebody else's name. So it's – this is worrisome. By the way, I would say the timing of this is absolutely devastating for Fonnie Willis who is, of course, the embattled prosecutor in Fulton County, Georgia, who brought her big bombshell case against Trump and all of his co-defendants for interfering, you know, challenging the results of the election, you know, calling attention to fraud, unfounded, right? That's the whole thing, unfounded allegations. Well, what if they were founded? By the way, my argument is and will always be that any politician can claim that an election's rigged. It's freedom of speech, I mean, whether it's founded or not. <laughs> you can say it. Hell's bells. Democrats have been yelling all about stolen elections for years. None of them ever ended up under indictment for it. Old Gaptooth, whatever her face is in Georgia. Yeah. she's. <laughs> how many elections were stolen from right underneath her? Stacey Abrams. Yes. The gap tooth cabbage patch kid. Yes. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, she didn't do anything different than Trump did. The difference is it may actually turn out that Trump was right. Robbie, we got to dig in the archive. All the way back in 2021, I said something. I know I said this because I remember having this thought. And I said, look, that the Trump's viability at re-election all depends on what we find out between now and then. Robbie's nodding. You remember this. I said, I said, look, if it if it turns out, if if 
some or all of Trump's claims are determined to be colorably true or true as a matter of fact, then all of a sudden he's not that crazy, right? The conspiracy theorist suddenly becomes more mainstream. And of course, takes away the sting of some of these these labels that the media has so desperately been attempted or that has attempted to lay on him. So here's here's the thing, right? On one hand, we find out that these election systems actually can be hacked. They're demonstrating how to do it in open court in front of a federal judge. And on the other hand, Fonnie Willis, well, (laughs) when we come back, let me tell you, divorce records have been unsealed. It's no bueno for Fonnie Willis. Her case, some are saying, will fall apart. Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Rarely wrong, always right. Sam Marjofsky here, Nevada's favorite recovering ex-Californian on the What's Right show. Brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. So, uh, Fonny, I used to pronounce it Fanny Willis, but I've been corrected. It's Fonny Willis is the uh, prosecutor down there in Fulton County, Georgia, who's brought this big case that was going to take down Donald Trump. The media breathlessly reporting this is the case that's going to take Trump down. This is the one. The one Trump really needs to be worried about is the one brought by Fonnie Willis. And if you will recall, can we use our time travel here? Uh, go back to this. Remember how they kept telling us that she was so precise? She was so methodical. She wasn't rushing in like the clown in New York. Uh, she was taking her time with this methodically building her case, timing it to start exactly with the primaries for maximum damage to Donald Trump. Remember all that? Okay, so the news today is that uh, divorce records for the special Trump prosecutor tapped by Fonnie Willis. By the way, what do you think they mean by tapped? Robbie. Uh, this is the... Epic Times has an interesting choice of headline words. Anyway, the, the allegation is that they're stupid, okay, that they're engaged in relations, and that's a problem because the special prosecutor, the private lawyer hired by Fonnie Willis to assist with the Trump claim, uh, was married, and his wife is now suing him for divorce. And, okay, so the the records have been unsealed, and what they show is, his name is uh, Nathan Wade, it shows that that Nathan Wade was found in contempt of court back in August of 23. So all the way back in August, again, so what is that, August, September, October, November, December, January, five months ago, he, why was he held in contempt? Let me tell you this, five months ago, he refused to provide discovery documents in his divorce case. Now, on Friday afternoon, the wife, the jilted wife of Mr. Wade, produced records, released credit card records showing that he was spending money 
on his relationship with Fonnie Willis, paying for their travel, buying her flowers, gifts, etc. And it's all itemized on their credit card receipts. My guess is this is why he didn't want to turn over these records and was rather, you know, is being held in contempt by the judge in his divorce case because he didn't want to turn anything over because it's disastrous. And they were trying to keep the lid on this as long as possible. But now it's out. And what's the problem? Well, the problem's obvious. Fonnie Willis, the DA there, couldn't bring this case on her own because she doesn't have the quote-unquote manpower. I'm just going to say she's not a good enough lawyer and hasn't hired a good enough staff of lawyers inside Fulton County office. So she goes out and hires a private lawyer, pays the firm, what, $700,000 or so to do this case, 650000 whatever the number was. It was a fair amount of money. And this guy takes that money and then spends it on his relationship with the very person that is is signing off on those payments to him. I don't know where you come from and how you look at this, but in my world, that's somewhat problematic. <laughs> somewhat, right? This was supposed to be the case that got Trump. This is the case that was supposed to be definitive ends it all. And by the way, all the clowns that took their, I don't want to say clowns, Jenna Ellis is in the clown, kind of, all the people that took pleas on this, took their misdemeanors and walked away, you guys should have hung in there for a hot minute because I think this entire case is going to come apart. She now has a major, a major problem. There's a scorned woman involved, the you know, current some former wife, right, who's suing for divorce. Uh, I don't know everything about women, uh, but I do know enough about them to tell you that scorned women always have the receipts, one, and two, uh, uh, well, they're highly motivated to wreak havoc. It's like a, you know, heat-seeking missile aimed at every aspect of your life. And if you're Fonnie Willis, you know, I mean, she is screwed. Literally and figuratively. So um, I think this is, I think this is absolutely, absolutely wild. This is what the court order said back in August. Plaintiff has failed to provide, for example, personal financials or financials for his business account statements for his individual bank and credit card accounts, part of a pervasive pattern which can be only described as willful and deliberate to withhold relevant information. He's getting paid $700,000 a year from his law firm, and he provided his ex-wife, wait for it, $700 every two weeks. So $1,400 a month. That's it, according to these filings. That's what we're dealing with. These are the people that are the big moral authorities that are going to take down Donald Trump and save democracy as we know it, quote, unquote. What a load of BS. And we knew it was BS, and I called it BS at the time, and now it's actually gotten way worse than I ever could have imagined because we're taking a little peek behind the curtain and I predict friends there's a lot more stink there than we know 
Like this is just a taste of it. So I think as this as this as we continue to pick at this and and expose more of it, put more daylight on it, it's not going to get any better. People are openly saying that this case needs to be dismissed. They're also saying that if it's not going to be dismissed, that they need to, uh, they, they, if they believe in the case, that if Fonnie Willis thinks that this is a great case, she just needs to recuse, recuse herself. And actually her whole department now, because this all is tainted by this relationship and you know, and and honestly, you know, uh, favoritism and 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 by the way, I, I bet this violates Georgia law. It would violate the law uh, potentially here in Nevada. So if she believes in the case, recuse herself, move it to another county DA. But you know, another another DA is going to take this case. Go hell's bells! I don't want to touch this. Is going to drop it. This is the same Fonnie Willis that got up there last week and said, "Oh, it's just racism." It's racism. I am being targeted as a black woman. So, you know, that's it. And, and by the way, uh, uh, the governor there in Georgia is refusing to open an investigation into her. He is, Brian Kemp is such a weenie. These are Republicans that just, they are expert at protecting themselves their little walled garden, they play nice with Democrats, they get support, they can stay in office, never, never, never stick their necks out. And consequently, the entire state is being overrun by graft, political abuse, and 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 actually, as we're discovering in, in that lit other litigation that's pending in Georgia, in, in Atlanta, in federal court, as to the voting machines, you're realizing that these elections there are simply not honest. We probably have, folks, Democratic senators that shouldn't be in. The Senate ought to be in Republican hands. That's what one corrupt state election can produce. Now imagine it's two or three states. You're telling me that Georgia has gone solidly blue? You're really telling me that? I don't believe that for a minute. And it's starting to add up and, and, and look pretty Pretty stinky. Sam Marjofsky here. Quick break. The What's Right Show brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law will return after this. Don't go anywhere, folks. I'm here. I'm here just stepping away for a hot minute. Hi, friends. Sam Marjofsky here. You're listening to The What's Right Show, powered by Sam and Ash Injury Law. In a crash, call Sam and Ash, 702 one, two, three, four, because you deserve what's right. But yeah, the, the, the Fonnie Willis story in Georgia, that case, oh, that, that case could come undone over this. By the way, someone found a clip of Fonnie Willis promising not to date anyone who works under her. This is back in April of 2020, and she said this. It is saddening to me if young women felt like they came to work and they were one, even judged for being a woman, but two, if certainly they felt uncomfortable within the workplace. Mm -hmm. That will not be something that is allowed on my watch. Supervisors that are not encouraging and building up my staff will not be supervisors long in my administration. 
And um, I certainly will not be choosing people to date that work under me. Let, let me just say that. I mean, there's nothing that I can say on it other than it is distracting. Um, it is certainly inappropriate for the number one law enforcement officer in this state. Um, and it just, it, it really, really saddens me. And it will be very unfortunate if the taxpayers of this community have to pay for any of those lawsuits. Oh, ho, ho, ho. all right. And I certainly will not be choosing people to date that work under me. Or on top of me, for that matter. $650,000 of taxpayer money in Fulton County, Georgia, went to pay her boyfriend, who was married at the time, to go and confer with the Biden administration, to go travel with her. A lot of that money got funneled back to her by way of luxury travel gifts, etc. That's a problem. Now, I trace all of this back to folks, like I always say this, these people think that they are above the law because they have the protection of being anti-Trump. When you are anti-Trump, when you are doing the Lord's work out there and you've got the media fawning over you, you think that you're invincible because, well, you are. The FBI, you're on the side of the FBI. You're meeting Jack Smith at the DOJ headquarters and the august offices of the Department of Justice in D.C. And, and, and you're, you're meeting all these power. They're not going to prosecute you and you, you get the feeling that you're on the team. So what happens when someone loses a healthy fear of consequences? Well, it's not dissimilar to the thugs that run Oakland, San Francisco, L.A., Chicago, etc. They've also been given a green light to commit crime. And the Fonnie Willis's of the world, the prosecutors and law enforcement officers that are out there fighting the woke fight, Going back to even before Trump, because it doesn't have to just all be about Trump, we can talk about the Dennis Nifongs of the world, the prosecutor there in Durham, North Carolina, who brought the totally bogus case against the Duke lacrosse players. Of course, you know how that turned out, right? Turned out he, uh, he was violating laws and ethical rules and got disbarred and thrown in jail for a day. Spent the night in jail, was disbarred and kicked out of office. Hasta la vista. Yeah, Nifong, that was his name. Well, these people think that they are, because they're, they're fighting for the woke, they're on the left, they think they've got protection from on high. And when, they're, when they lose that healthy fear of consequences, then what happens? They do things that you know, no one else could get away with, and, and, and they feel, they feel invincible. And they start doing dumb stuff. They start pushing the envelope. They start cutting corners. They start do. They start. They start. They 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 ended up ended up shooting themselves in the foot. And, and this this I, you can call it TDS. It's bigger than just Trump derangement syndrome. Okay, it's. You, you, have a, you have very much a political ideology in this country that is in power. Being conservative now is counterculture. We are on defense. We are the picked-on minority. 
When the left talks about, you know, minority rights, really, my concern, the only real minority that's disadvantaged in this country, I'm convinced, are conservative Republicans. They are targeted in a way by the Department of Justice that other Americans are not. Pro-life protesters are held to a different standard than BLM protesters, right? I could go on and on. There are examples like that across the board. Both laws and the enforcement of laws are tailored based on the political ideology of the target defendant. Period. End of story. And those people who are on the power side of that equation think that they can get away with stuff, and so they do stupid things, and then... Some enterprising journalist somewhere finds out, or in this case, there's an ex-wife who's pissed, rightly so, that her husband's been stolen away from her by this Fonnie Willis cow in uh, Fulton County, and she's, she's got the receipts. And she starts to air the dirty laundry first by way of lawsuit and then leaking this stuff to the media. And these uh, two, two lovers couldn't, uh, you know, can't keep a lid on it. And now it's, 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 all, it's all breaking out in the open. Yeah, Governor Kemp can carry water for her, but it's not going to go very far. All right, I, I need to get one more story here. The, the, border, uh, the border continues to be frightening. By the way, today the Supreme Court of the United States voted 5-4, granting an emergency appeal from the Biden administration that's allowing the feds to cut razor wire. And it's, you know, Thomas, Alito, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, all dissented, and Roberts and Barrett sided with the left-leaning justices. And this comes just as posted this weekend, an Arizona advocacy group, uh, No More Deaths, posted a video of a migrant at the border speaking English with the Middle Eastern accent, saying this. You are smart enough, you would know who I am. But you are really not smart enough to know who I am. But soon you're gonna know who I am. Very easy. Wow, very easy. <laughs> the, the entitlement, the entitlement. Uh, no, believe me, I'm much better than that. <laughs> you're gonna know who I am. Boy, that kind of sounds ominous. Well, like a Mohammed Ada type situation, and we're gonna know who this guy is in just a matter of time. Immigration, according to a poll in The Hill, a Harvard CAPS Harris poll that was released today, immigration has overtaken inflation as a top voter concern. And I credit, folks, I credit the Republican governors who have brazenly been distributing these illegals across the country and putting them in blue states, making them the problem, the front stoop problem for liberals across this country. 35 respondents, by the way, saying immigration is their paramount concern, inflation dropping uh, to second place at 32%. What did I tell you? I, I said this three weeks ago. I said, look, Trump is going to win on this issue. This is a winning issue. That's why, by the way, you saw Vivek Ramaswamy talk endlessly about illegal immigration it's absolutely it's 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 going to be a major issue and i'm telling you if it's if it's this way it's across parties democrats feel the same way 
And it's it's and this is why, because, of course, Biden rules by polls. You're going to see some news stories where Biden goes, I accept. I understand we've got to do something with the border. You trust the guy who created this problem to fix it? You think he's going to get rid of Mayorkas and put somebody in who's a law enforcement border patrol, you know, secure the border kind of guy? He's not going to do that. That's 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 wishful delusional thinking. Biden's going to provide lip service through November in order to win re-election and then proceed to do exactly what he's done for the past three years. Nothing will change. And I predict there's a whole lot of people who despise Trump as a person. And now I'm going to go back to what Nikki Haley said, right? Trump is a, as just as bad of a person as, as Biden. You know what? Nikki Haley's wrong about this because she thinks that we care. Now, what do I mean by that? I don't, I don't look at Trump as a paragon of virtue. I don't think you do either. Some people do. They look up to him for, you know, just, uh, but I don't. I don't think that Trump is particularly moral, but I, I think he's somebody who has been consistent about the issues and is more likely than not to take care of what I want taken care of in D.C., and most voters are going to look at it this, that way. They're going to go, okay, so all right, so I'm, I don't think Trump is a good guy, whatever. He, he makes terrible jokes. He says some things that I don't agree with. I don't like him. Some people will say, they'll say, I don't like Trump. But guess what? We've got to fix the border. We've got to be a strong country. We've got to put America first. So I'm going to go to the polls in November, hold my nose, and vote for the jerk. That's the existential risk facing Democrats this fall. Sam Marjofsky here. Be back tomorrow. New Hampshire updates then. No doubt we'll have some trickling in of news in the full analysis Wednesday. I'll be on with Alan Stock at 8.30. Don't miss me tomorrow. See you later, folks. Be safe out there.